I didn't come here just to, you know what I'm saying, be self-righteous and feel like I'm, I'm doing everything the right way. I came here to experience. Did you know 90% of women prior to incarceration has suffered from sexual and emotional trauma? And 70% of incarcerated women are mothers? The majority of the women returning home will not be able to retain employment with family sustainable income. Fit to Navigate provides hope and well-being. Learn more at fittonavigate.com. What's up? It's Rocky. And we'd like to welcome back all our mind-body tumors. We recognize it's been a while and we're super excited to bring about our season three. Season three, we're going to talk about the community and how it affects women that have been formerly incarcerated or who are now out and trying to get back on their feet. We're excited to have some great guests this season. And we look forward to spreading more and telling the story of how people overcome. You know, the whole thing is you get your mind right, your body will follow, and you become that gem that you are designed and destined to be. No more of this attention destiny disorder. We are well on our way and looking forward to our season three. back with part two of Des. What you heard before in the previous podcast with Des was her 2019 version. And we're back to bring you the 2020 version of Des and what she's doing and how she's navigating the pandemic, motherhood, and living her life to the fullest. Stay tuned. So really, you know, I got a lot of good feedback on your things. One, like the fact that people are like, wow, She's choosing to stay at home and be, you know, with their kids and have them with her. And the pandemic showed people how difficult it is to, you know, not only parent, but also homeschool their kids. And the fact that you chose this way before the pandemic, you know, you was ahead yeah. of it. Right. So explain how, like, the difference between before the pandemic and the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, are you just, you just stayed the course, you was already prepared, like. Give us an update on motherhood in that way. Um, as far as motherhood is concerned, I would say that things haven't changed much for us because of the fact that we were homeschooling, you know, and I, I wasn't necessarily um, employed. So um, things haven't changed too much except that, I mean, there's a lot less things to do outside of the house. And so, you know, you have to get a little creative and, um, you know, just do more activities in the house, you know, find shows the kids like and, uh, you know, do activities with them, get a lot of discount stuff at Dollar Tree, you know, art supplies and glue and all kinds of t- tape and drawing and just come up with just activities and things for them to do in the house. But this is really not that much different because, because of the fact that we were, I wasn't employed, I mean, we couldn't afford to do that many things out of this side of the house anyway, so... Um, it really gives us a chance to like see and confirm that what we were doing was on track with, you know, upcoming trends. And that's probably the best thing. It was a confirmation like, wait, so we're not just total weirdos, like live in a house and be with our, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like literally like this is, this is how things are going. And so um, really it's been kind of a confirmation and like kind of help set a direction in life. Okay. So now we have this time we've been confirmed. Okay this is what people are going to be doing more often now, you know? So 
you know, it was a lot more normal. And so, so how can we continue to stay ahead of the game? Like, what's next? And so it's really been like, instead of just totally throwing us off, it's kind of like setting us on course. And okay. I think I do appreciate that out of this whole pandemic, Great Depression mm-hmm. thing that we're kind of in the middle of. Sweet. So can you tell us a little bit about the course that you're charting and, and setting for for yourself and your family? Right now, like the focus is on, and we always talk about health as well. So um, health, physical health, um, mind, body, spirit, but as well as for sure generational wealth. I think generational wealth is like, that's the focus right now, health and wealth. And I would say, I would say spirituality too. Absolutely. Um, of course, as a balance, but um, 100% right now, like I feel like I'm like focusing on like generational wealth because I'm like, I could be as healthy as I want to be. Right. But if I don't have means to enjoy my life, I'm just living a long time to be miserable. And so I had to add it, like, I really was 2020. Was to I have to be as healthy as I want to be. I'm just eating carrots to be miserable. Right. And so, like, that's really what I'm saying. Like, if I can't experience the things that life has to offer, I came here to experience. I didn't right. come here just to live a long time. I didn't come here just to play it safe. I didn't come here just to, you know what I'm saying, be self-righteous and feel like I'm, I'm doing everything the right way. I came here to experience and to know, right. like, boys with the pain and to really experience the highs and the lows and and when I mean highs I'm talking about highs because I've experienced lows and I'm sure there'll be many more but I come here to experience the highest highs and if I can't do that then like what's the point of being alive right right I mean you in in order to 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 go about that you got to take a risk right like you can't just sit and think about things you want to do you got to do in order to have the experience whether or not it's a good or bad experience right so if if, uh, if we get paralyzed by a lot of thoughts and like you said, the whole thing about, you know, being righteous about doing things always so-called the right way, you know, what do we get out of that experience? I know I I uh, have enjoyed watching you just be creative and and using your your resources. Like, you know, I get online, next thing you know, you're you're tilling the field. Like, tell us a little bit more about that and that whole thing about making sure you got it went from what I saw was like a crate at that crib to like a whole landfill. Like tell us a land area. So tell us about that. So in these times of uncertainty, we don't we don't know what kind of kind of food options are gonna be available. So we're like if I have this opportunity to potentially provide um, food security for my family, that's mm-hmm. how that popped off. And it was fun because you know I like to like my body in practical ways. Like I like to yeah, talked about doing bushcraft and stuff like that, like how you go out there and like literally like do stuff with your hands yeah, as yeah. a means of physical exercise. Yeah. So that was kind of like my workout, like starting that garden and doing all the tilling and cultivating and like, you know, using the, the garden weasel, all that stuff. It was it was really fun. It was really fun. And but the the goal was um was sustainability and um having a means to get produce in case, you know, the grocery stores were um impacted by the broken supply chain. That's under that's understandable. For so I mean, what I think you just said that was so profound though was just cultivating and being available. Again, here you are choosing to stay with your kids to cultivate good human beings. You know what I mean? Like that's super powerful because so many people have kids and then just be like, Oh, I gotta work for them and you know, they're away from them a lot and they're not they don't really know their kids anymore, right? Because of all the time that they're not even they don't get a chance. But they're, they're not, you know, with their family, right? We, but we know the consequences. Like our generation knows the the consequences of 
absent parents. But, you know, we've had parents that were so busy that we were raised by television. You know what I'm saying? And right. We, we can't do that. You know, what do these kids want to do? Be raised by video games and YouTube? You know, what's going to happen? Or, you know, other people that don't have their best interests at heart because they're raising a bunch of other people's kids too. Like, the best way to make sure that your kids are good is to put your eyes on them every day and to make sure that you're the one that's instilling the values that you want them to have as adults. Right. And we, like, we can't continue to keep surrendering our children into the system and think that they're going to have the foundation and fundamentals that we want them to have. Like, we might have to sacrifice money to make sure that our garden is growing the exact way we think that it should. Right, right. Um, so, like, let's talk about, like, let's talk about that as far as, like, money is concerned. I know for myself that I, you know, put myself in, in situations for money that wasn't always a great thing. You know, you mentioned before in your, in your, in part one was like how you ended up there, you know what I mean? And so like now though, watching you, you just, it seems as if you just recognize that you are powerful and you are rich in resources and like the kids are not missing the beat. You know what I mean? Like, like seeing that, seeing how, that they're rich and they're you're training them that they're to know that they're rich in resources and that money doesn't always come from a bi-weekly or weekly type of situation it comes from different sources it's not always also in the form of money you know it's by way of land like you said sustainability making sure they always eat making sure that they know how to do that because a lot of kids do not know anything but going to the corner market to buy orange drink and some, you know, and some Twinkies, you know what I mean? They don't know anything about what a fresh vegetable, a vegetable looking like coming from the ground. And here you are already instilling that in your kids. I think the part, like, the thing is, like, you don't even understand the value of it unless you experience it. Like, I've had a situation we talked about before where I used to drop my son off just to go get some money, drop him off early, not, you know, without really concerned, like, his safety first. You're like, wait, I can't just drop him off early at school because I have to rush off to work to please some other adults and my own kid is his safety is is at risk. You know what I mean? So just that's fire. That's fire. I'm, but I'm getting good money though. Like I'm getting good money. So how is that not selling out? Like uh, that's that's that is in a sense though, you know, because if 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 those things are important to you and you're going against that, then that is. Right, but then if I haven't been in that situation, I wouldn't even have known like I don't want that. Like if I hadn't had the opportunity to have such a good job. Yeah, you know, where I was like really having to sacrifice pretty good money in order to like I wouldn't have known that I you know what I don't want the money, you know, just having the opportunity or you know sending my son away to school and seeing that he thought that I he, I couldn't be a homeschool teacher because I'm not white, like that happened, like like wow. I'm like what like I'm like how did this happen? Like obviously because I've been surrendering his mind to a system that wasn't in his in his best interest. And, you know, and you don't really know until you have those difficult conversations with your kid, what they're being programmed to or what they're learning subconsciously. You know, he could be in a hood, but all his teachers are white. He's thinking that I can't be his teacher because I'm not white. And so just, wow. just those things are, um, but as far as like, as far as money is concerned, I mean, it's just, it's just not worth it. Like you see that we're in a situation where the, where the value of our currency is decreasing and um we're seeing that we're in a situation and just that's confirming everything that we've already thought could potentially happen and now it's happening i think that it's not that i i just i realized that power i think i just have more faith in myself and the decisions and my beliefs like i guess maybe that is the personal power in a sense like that is it is absolutely 
before I've been thinking like, wait, am I crazy? Am I really thinking that this whole thing is going to crash? Like, am I really thinking that the dollar is crashing? Am I really thinking that the stock market, am I really thinking that the economy is full of, full of trash? You know, am I really thinking that this whole thing is fake? Like, is a bubble? Am I really thinking that it's about to pop? You know what I'm saying? I might have been about four or five or six years early with it, but it's happening now. And so I'm yeah, just so like... let's talk about that. Like, you, you, you were already engaged into that whole cryptocurrency type of thing, right? And, yes. Yeah, and so now, you know, I know since the pandemic, a lot more people are going towards that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I was just talking to Levi the other day and I was looking at my Coinbase and I was looking back at like my one of my first transactions on Coinbase and Bitcoin was like $447 or something like that. Now it's like 12000 now it's it's because right, it's doing some this right now we're still over ten thousand dollars per coin. <laughs> ten, it's over ten thousand dollars per coin, and I'm like, but when I so man, I, what if I would have bought it then? Like bought a right. whole like thousand dollars at that point. So I'm like, my first purchase, my like, oh, I was doing like ten dollars, fifteen dollars, yeah. twenty, and they buying it in, in little stacks. But I'm like, and, and it saved up to a nice amount. And at one point, I mean. It shot up. It shot up. But then the government squashed it real quick until they got the regulations together that they're putting in place over these next few weeks, yeah. which, you know, could also be another beneficial move for those who have already been investing in crypto. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was confirmation, too. Like, I, I, you know, I was the doubt in it and you're seeing on the news, like, yeah. oh, people, the money, the money people, they. I, I have to say that I also could shoot myself in the foot, too, because I had a friend who was into it. And at the time she introduced it to me, Bitcoin was only like $75. So I'm like, this is not, you know, this, 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 and that, right? Because I, I was in the condition mind of the dog. Like 19 cent, 11 cent. It was cheap at one point. That's the yeah. thing, like, that's about these other altcoins that we see. Like, there's some that are still very cheap. And I can remember when Bitcoin was 19 cents. Wow. Wow. You know what I mean? And people were, you know, you know, trashing it. You know, the money people mm-hmm. were trashing it. The same ones that are now institutional investors trying to lose thousands and millions of dollars. You know, so, I mean, obviously, like, all of a sudden, their, their tone is changing on crypto. You know, not all of a sudden. I would say it, it has taken a nice amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I would think that you they know, adopted have been the in system it. first. They adopted the system first, the system of sort of like what they do with quick pay and things like that, right? That's still, that's the, that's the thing of Bitcoin. Yeah, like, you yeah. see the money, but there's still things, transactions happening, you know? I mean, and people have to understand, like, I mean, they, they, they really try to criminalize that person and criminals are using it and this, that, and the other. And it kind of, it kind of took away from the fact, like, actually, criminals are using cash a lot more. And cash is the thing that's being demonized now than crypto is because crypto is, they've already said, like, it's totally trackable. Yeah. A lot of these crypto exchanges are already have transfer all the banks and the IRS. Like, right. they've right. already, IRS just listed, they call it cryptocurrency microcasting jobs. That's going to be considered taxable income because they realize that it's 50 million people that are investing in stuff. They have to build regulations around it so they can make money. Off. And that was the problem before, the regulations. But now, I mean, they, they've got it all kind of down pat. And so um, we're just, you know, we're set to, you know, see how we can grow the gym well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about some of your travels, you know, before, right before the pandemic. And, you know, y'all just, I see that y'all still moving. Yeah, yeah, we're still moving in the area. Not, you know, we did. I did the Mexico thing, getting the T six, and 
hopefully we'll go back out there again soon. But um, um, we've been on pause for for a couple of years though. You know, after we left Belize, and um, I came back and had love, and we've done some domestic travel. But um, I went to Mexico once. But other than that, we haven't been doing too too much traveling. Yeah. I mean, that's relative though, because yeah, that's I'm, relative, right? That's relative. I'm thinking like real travel, but yeah, what is real travel, Des? I mean, you're a world traveler. Travels where you need your passport, you know. You, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have your passport, I don't know. It's just kind of like a like kind of like a mini road trip or something. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing though. That, that that's, that's for me. I don't know. I don't want to be a travel elitist. I know that happens too. I well, do enjoy landing and driving. I feel like everybody should travel. And, and definitely abroad. I mean, you know what I mean? Because that's where the real education is happening. You know, yeah. different than, than what you were doing before or what you've yeah. always seen, right? Because if yeah. you don't go to the other side, then you're always going to take it for granted from somebody else's vision and not your own. Yeah, and even just getting out of the city, though, I found could be really refreshing for people, just getting out of that fishbowl. Yeah. Maybe I guess sometimes you'll see, like, have never left their city, small cities, you yeah. know, so... Just getting a chance to go into a bigger city than where you're from could sometimes be a, a great expansion in consciousness. Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing I, I I try not to take for granted that even just getting out of, out of your town to go to another town or another city or, you know, to the next town, just being new in a place for a little bit. Open really, up your mind. Open up your eyes. Right? Open up your eyes and see that other people are different, living different, and everything's not the way it seems in my little community. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um... If you was to leave the audience with anything as far as like treading ahead, moving forward, and how you how do you overcome your adversities? Like you mentioned it earlier, you're like I I I've had some low times. I'm sure that wasn't the end of it. Like how do you make sure that you don't stay in them low times? Always be true to yourself. Answer to yourself. Believe in yourself. Um, don't let anybody, not, you know, parents, not a man, not a woman, nobody, a boss. I mean, I, I would even, I hate to even have to call somebody my boss, but if you have a boss in your mind, make sure they're not your boss. <laughs> your mind, you are your boss. Oh. You know, we have identity, somebody that you feel like empowers you, that puts breath into your body. Let that be your boss. But if you have to externalize your faith in some kind of way or your power, but at the end of the day, as far as a, a human being on this planet is concerned, believe in yourself first. Not a celebrity, not a president, nobody. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to be shot turning down your light and turning down yourself and singing somebody else's song to the day you die. And you finally have to die with regrets. I think that changed me a lot, reading like people, what they had to say on their deathbed, what lessons they learned, what regrets they had. And, you know, just not being yourself seemed to be a common thread there. And so at that point, I was like, I have to do something. I can't do that. Right, right. But sometimes, too, you know, you do it for relationships. You do it mm-hmm. for friendships. You do it a lot. You know, you compromise yourself. You know, and sometimes it happens. You can't always just, I do what I want to do. That's mm-hmm. someone's, could be my problem a lot. Is that I need to do what I want to do, you know. And mm-hmm. relationships can help you to, you know, to fine-tune yourself and refine and grow to the best version of yourself in, like, almost like a workout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that relationship is is sure is putting that mirror up that mirror reflection of of you, you know, like, you know, why are these why is that thing and that person triggering me? Like, what do I need to work on myself? Right. Yeah, that's that's super powerful, Des. I mean all we gotta be ourselves. Like we gotta be ourselves. If somebody don't like it, then they don't like you. (laughs) 
and that's not your issue. No, nope, not my problem. Not Personal problem. problem. They like it. They can you know hit the road. I love it. I love it. Look, I love how you how you move. You know, um, keep doing that. Keep being inspiring and cultivating that generational wealth for that beautiful family of yours. I thank you so much for being on here for the second time. You know, and doing your thanks thing. for having. Absolutely, absolutely. It's five five five, so that means changes is happening. But uh, again, thank you. And I'm going to let you go enjoy your family. And thank you. Peace, peace, peace. And peace to the audience. Love y'all. Love you too. Take care. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to tune in to Mind Body Gym, a conversational podcast. This podcast was designed with the mission to fund women's freedom via fitness. Special shout out to our strong supporters, especially the Love You Give Project. Check out their merch. It helps us support our podcast and our feature organization, Fit to Navigate. If you're interested in hearing more about our mission, follow us on IG at Fit to Navigate. Thank you for the fam that we have that has supported us. Eric Jefferson for the artwork. His wife, my sister songstress, Renee Dion, and her tunes, Wilderness. And Natalie McCray Cross, the photographer for our album cover. We really appreciate all the support and all the strength that we get from you. Remember, until next time, forward is always the pace. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, make sure to like and review this podcast. Also, make sure to share this episode. Lastly, subscribe so you'll be notified of our next episode. Thank you and have a blessed day. What's up, Mind Body Gemmers? I would like to hear more from you. So I'd like for you to text me at 614-808-8566. I'd like to collaborate more about what our listeners would like to hear more of from our guests and just hear what you think about the podcast. Again, text me 614-808-8566. Let's do this thing. Did you know 90% of women prior to incarceration has suffered from sexual and emotional trauma and 70% of incarcerated women are mothers The majority of the women returning home will not be able to retain employment with family sustainable income. Fit to Navigate provides hope and well-being. Learn more at fittonavigate.com.